Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast presented by NetAlly, your number one ally for troubleshooting, designing, all the things that you need to do with wired and Wi-Fi networks. They are your number one ally in the industry. This podcast is a show for techs, MSPs, business owners, where we try to help you do everything you can to run your business and help your business customers and their networks run smoother, better, smarter, faster, all those acronyms. Today, I've got a audio podcast here with a new friend that I met a while back, Mike Mosier from Cinch IT. Mike, how are you? Good. How are you, Marv? I am doing good. We are getting out of our winter down here. Uh, I feel like we're just getting started up here. So yeah, yeah. You guys have to deal with things like snow and blizzards. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a conference down in Atlanta in a couple weeks, though. So looking forward to some some warm weather. All right. So Cinch IT, for those that do not know, is a managed service provider, and you guys are based out of Massachusetts. But you are are you considered national? Um. I'm not sure what that technical definition is, but we, we've we've got uh, we've got 13 locations in uh, quite a few different states. Right, we're not in every state, but we're in uh, we're in every time zone at the very least. So. Every time zone, okay, <laughs> great. And uh, you guys provide complete managed services, and we'll talk about something that I think other people may find unique, where uh, franchising has become a part of your business model. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Why don't we start off with Mike? Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's Friday, right? <laughs> we 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 made it. Um, but no, we've um, you know, it, it with the new year starting, right? Everybody's realizing there's all the projects they they put off once once Thanksgiving got a week away. So then clients are like, oh yeah, hey, this thing you said uh, we could get done in four to six weeks. Can we do it now? And it's like, well, you know. You and fifty other people just asked me that question this week. So, um, but it's nice. It's 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 the it's the good kind of busy, right? Um, call it busy, not uh, or productive, not not busy. Right. So, um, right, a uh, lot of lot of that going on. Um, but everybody tries to hit the new year running, and and we're doing the same. Sounds like an email I received actually just this morning. One of my clients, who we were trying to get them to consider a project before the end of the year. And of course they did not do it. And it's a uh, substantial project. We're talking about moving uh, case management programs for a law firm, Mm -hmm. 150 users. And so I get an email from the principal today where he wants to talk about what does this really mean? And he puts the numbers together and he's like, you know, at $150 per month per user, that's about 270000 annual. And that doesn't include the conversion cost, which is another two hundred and fifty grand, and blah, 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 and starts asking all these questions. <laughs> and all I can think of is your firm administrator had all of this information for you back in November. <laughs> and he said, well, you know what? Thanksgiving's next week. I'll look at it after Thanksgiving. And then he said, well, we've got Christmas and New Year's, so I'll look at it after New Year's. So <laughs> yeah. now he wants me to roll all of this information up for him. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. People that put off stuff, 
in December. Now, normally they're trying to cram it all in. Yep. Yeah. And, and we had, we had some of that, which was nice, right? Um, you got uh, some manufacturing clients that go into their end of year shutdown, gives you plenty of, plenty of maintenance windows to get a whole bunch of stuff done, right? You've got some clients and we always love these ones that are like, Hey, we need to spend our kind of buy a bunch of stuff. Um, you're like, sure, here's 20 replacement laptops. Um, so you, <laughs> some customers are like, Hey, can I pay for six months support in advance? You're like, sure. No problem. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> send, send the check right here. Here you go. So, um, but yeah, no, every, everybody's different, but, uh, there's, there's no mistake about it. This is one of the busiest times of the year for sure. All right. Now, since IT, you know, we talked about the fact you're, you're in 13 states. Uh, let's first go back. How long has Cinch IT been around? It's been a few years, right? Uh, yeah, we started in 2004. So um, next year will be our, our 20th anniversary, Yay. which is nice. Um, always nice to, to come up on a, a nice milestone like that. Um, we, we really hit our our stride with, with what we're doing around 2014, though. Um, so the first 10 years, right? A lot of MSPs in the mid 2000s or a lot of IT companies um, weren't MSPs at that point, right? Just, hey, we'll do a block hour contract, hourly contract, this, that, the other thing. But um, 2014, we started our own MSP plan. Um, and and that is that is all we sold at that point, 2014, right? Still had old block hours. You're not going to say no to that money right. coming around. But um we didn't we didn't sell any block hours we didn't do any hourly contracts after that um and became that that all you can eat right and and we said you know we're going to target the small businesses um we're going to give them everything they would expect out of an in-house IT guy except you don't got to pay them benefits there's cover, automatic built-in coverage when people are on vacation all all that all that good stuff more skill sets right um, cuz it it's impossible for one person to stay up to date nowadays on, on everything. Now you guys are in a sense, a full service it services provider, uh, managed services, but you're not the, what I should say, the prototypical MSP, even though you're pretty big, uh, you don't do the 24 seven, but you do all of your own support. You don't outsource any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, did we talk about whether you, have a full sock or data center i don't know uh we, we we didn't and and um we do have an in-house knock um and we've got 24 7 monitoring and we've got people awake after hours right but it's what did we want to put in to our sla as far as that help desk support which is which is where it all comes from right um and uh you are right right we're we're, we're not 24 7 we don't we don't want to be right now right because um just from a philosophical standpoint right why, why are you in business you're in business to make money okay why else are you in business um to give yourself a good life right making money is a big part of that but if you're on your phone 24 7 as a manager business owner or whatnot you're going to drive yourself crazy you can drive your wife crazy right because you're going to be on vacation it's just gonna be like, you're staring at your phone the whole time you're like ah, i'm on call um <laughs> <laughs> so so we just as as people didn't didn't want that. So we said, all right, let's let's build a model, let's target verticals that don't don't need that 24-7. Right. And if you think of most businesses, um a little bit ago, you you know, you mentioned uh offline, you mentioned the the law firm, 
most law firms ain't working at two in the morning. Right. And as for us, when we were starting, you know, 10, 15 years ago doing this MSP thing, we said, all right, how do, how do we do 24 seven? Right. Either you outsource it, which I don't know anybody who said I outsourced my help desk and my support got better. Right. So I don't know anybody that's done that. So that, that, that's our first, second and third concern. If we were to introduce outsourcing is quality of support going downhill. Um, response time might improve, but response time isn't always everything, right? You want a resolution time that that's, that's what matters. Right. And customer service, those things matter. So if you outsource, you can hurt your support, right? Or maybe you go halfway and you have a call center or somebody that just makes a ticket for you. And that's not really 24-7. You know, somebody calls in at 1 in the morning. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll make a ticket and somebody will get to it at 8 in the morning. What's the difference? Right? Then then you... I don't want, I, I wouldn't want my customers to feel like, oh, they got sold on 24 seven, but it's not really 24 seven. So we're, we're just, we, the thing we hammer our account managers, new employees, whoever manage those expectations with your customers. Right. Um, and, and we've got account managers and the way we split it up, people work nights, people work weekends because that's the industry. But again, it's what's in your SLA. Right. And it doesn't it doesn't even matter what's in your SLA. If you if you're not solving that issue for your customer at eleven PM, they're not gonna be your customer much longer anyways. So if you are twenty four seven, if you're doing that um full after hour support, you gotta make sure you can actually do it. Otherwise, why are you saying you're doing it in the first place? And that was our concern. We we were like, you know, we we know it's either gonna be too expensive, right? To to bring in 12 full-time employees to keep 24-7 in-house, or it's going to hurt our quality of service. So that's why we we didn't do 24-7. Now, we're actually not too far away from just doing it naturally in-house. I say not too far away. It's a couple of years, but all things in the grand scheme of things on a business, right? Two two years isn't a lot of, a lot of time. So we're trying to get there just organically where we don't have to stretch and sacrifice to make that happen. All right. So, folks, we are talking to Mike Mosier from Cinch IT. And I should probably say this. It is spelled pretty much like it sounds if you go to the website, Cinch, S-C-I-N-C-H-I-T. And uh, I will have the links to everything in the show notes. Now, you guys started in 2004, and it sounds like you had a nice slow burn for a while 2014 came and i think like a lot of us that was a big time that was about the time that i switched from my break fix on-site trunk slammer mode to managed services mode um do you remember about what was happening in your business or i should have asked if you were even there i was i was i i um i've been uh working with since since 2009 um, and the reason we're called Cinch IT is because we make IT a cinch. So it's a horrendous catchphrase that we all love uh, for it how works. terrible it is. So, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I've been I've been with Cinch since 2009. Um, and you know, doing the break fix, I was I was helping um, just a couple guys, real small shop at that point. And then 2012, it was okay. We have let's hire a salesperson. The salesperson said. 
uh, or, or what, what are we selling? And they're like, oh, well, somebody calls us and we go out there and we fix it. He goes, okay, but well, what are you selling? <laughs> what, what am I selling? What job did I just take? Um, and that's, that's what led to us making that plan. Right. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. Right. 2014, 15, 16, 17, just huge amounts of growth of, um, thankfully, uh, ransomware, uh, led a lot of that growth saying, Oh shoot, I keep hearing about all these companies going out of business. We need some it help. We, we can't just call somebody when stuff breaks anymore. Um, and nowadays, uh, a lot of that growth is driven by insurance companies. Companies. Yes. Thank so. you, insurance companies. Mm-hmm. I call it trickle down compliance. But um. yeah. Now, have you had to revisit what you're providing customers because they were told that they would not get renewed if they didn't add certain things, or was all of that stuff? a part of your plan to begin with? Uh, a mix, mix of both. So um, sometimes it's hardest to to go to a client you've had for eight or nine years and say, hey, look, uh, the services I'm selling you aren't good enough, right? That's not, that's a, I'm presenting it terribly, like the worst possible light. Right? Like that's a hard conversation to say. It's like, look, I've been doing this work for you for, for nine years. It's all crap. You need more stuff. Uh, like you can't you can't present it that way um but it's 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 hard to upsell your existing customers and that's where that insurance form comes in and they're like hey mike look we've been using you guys for 8 years how come my insurance won't renew me and it's like well if you remember on the quarterly business reviews we've talked about how we've got xyz we've added edr we've added uh employee training and fishing sims and blah 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 it's like that's that's what all that was for right um and some of them go for it. Some of them wait um, until something happens and somebody gets fished. <laughs> yeah. Somebody somebody sends away $70,000, right? Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, we probably should have had that fishing, fishing training. Um, so uh, you, you take what you can. Um, saying the I told you so game never really, never really works, right? Doesn't, doesn't feel good, but sometimes it's what you got to do. It doesn't, but trying to explain to them you know, they understand that their phones need to be, you know, swapped out every couple of years. They, you know, if they lease their car and they know that they're going to get 36 months out of a car and they they want a new one, they understand new and, and trying to explain to them the landscape of IT changes just as fast, if not faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that we're protecting against now are not the same thing we were protecting against five years ago. Yeah. So trying to explain to them. And then when they talk, come back and say, well, who's going to want information from me? It's like, they don't know who you are. <laughs> they, don't they don't care, care who you are. <laughs> if you click that link, they're going to tell you to pay something. Yep. Yep. And, and the, I think the hard part that most businesses are still stuck on is that IT, right? Uh, nobody treats IT as a revenue generator. It is purely a cost, right? It's not even, it's not a cost saver. It's not a revenue generator. It is purely a cost. And so many businesses, they say, look, you know, we don't have any IT problems. Maybe we're spending too much on IT. And so they they drop stuff and then they have a whole bunch of IT problems. So it, it's it's hard to get businesses to spend more, right? When things are fine and 
when you're warning them about things that are coming or things that they hear on the news um, because oh, we're too small. That, that's, that's not going to happen to us. Um, and, and they don't, they don't see it until it, until it does, unfortunately. And that's, I think that's the hardest part about um, selling in this industry is, is to people that haven't had that personal experience with a small business going out of business because they thought they had backups, but they don't. And they just, they just lost everything right. or, or they, it took them two weeks to recover and they couldn't make payroll. Um, cause they lost two weeks of revenue or something like that. Um, that's, that's tough. That's it is. Tough. So the one, the one vertical that I've been able to have the most success with is law firms, but only when it relates to how long it takes for them to wait for the circle to stop spinning. And they think, okay, I'm losing money because that's spinning. How can I get that back? And they understand, well, if you get a new computer, that'll fix that. But it still hasn't translated to, well, I don't mind getting the new computer, but why am I paying you every month? Yep. Yep. Law firms, uh, law firms are prickly. Yeah. <laughs> they can be prickly sometimes. One of my favorite verticals is is uh, manufacturers. Um, wh- oh, wh- they're worse. Oh, see, I've had the exact opposite experience. Really, I, I the manufacturers. Uh, now they're worse when they go down, right? Um, oh, course, but yeah. that makes it easy to sell failover solutions and BCDRs. You're like, look how how much money do you lose if your service down for two days? And they're like, a uh, hundred grand. You're like, cool. Spend ten thousand dollars, get a failover appliance. Here you go, piece of cake. Um, but no, we, uh, yeah, we have a lot, we have a lot of success with, I think you and I have opposite success between law firms and, and manufacturers. So. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of manufacturers in the sense that they will hold on to their equipment until it absolutely fails. And by that time, there's usually no support for it. The creator of the software for it is no longer around. I'm thinking of it from that perspective. Yeah. And, and that happens, but I think um, at least what we've seen in the last uh, for us in the last five, six years is you can get those down to like one machine, right? You've got this one ancient machine that runs this very important machine, uh, but the rest of the staff, right? Cause they're using high end workstations. A lot of them for, for, for CAD and SolidWorks and things like that. Um, you know, and then you've got the regular office staff and the salespeople that they're, they're using regular computers. Um, so it's usually those, um, call them floor machines, right. That, that might be unique to that machine, but what a lot of the, the big manufacturers are starting to do who, who, or sorry, the manufacturers of the big machines that manufacturers use is they'll, they'll just put their own, desktop in there as like a you know uh windows 10 windows 11 embedded like the iot windows 11 stuff so a lot of times the computers will come with that machine and it's less of an it problem and it's more call the company that put in the half million dollar machine right for for that desktop so it's it's less of our problem um but okay uh, so you've got that scenario i have one where i've got a company that does printing you know large format printing Mm -hmm. and they actually still have a machine windows 7 that they can't upgrade they can't 
you know, it's going to, they have to get a new machine as their only option. And of course, they're, well, the machine still works and we don't, you know, do this, but the computer that runs the machine died. And I said, you know, you pretty much need to make a decision right now. And they said, well, can we get a new machine and just, you know, that, you know, the hard drive will work in? I said, no. <laughs> the computers today will not use that hard drive, whatever. But the option that I ended up doing with them is I said, well, I can do a physical to virtual transformation. I put in a Synology NAS. I'm running it in a virtual machine, Windows 7. And uh, that's how they're surviving for now. And I said, look, I don't know how long this will work. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how long my backup software will work on Windows 7. Um, no, we we had a, we had a similar scenario uh, at a manufacturer, right? They had half million dollar machine. They had to take out a couple walls to to put this thing in. Um, the thing kept having its power supply fry out, and it didn't have like regular plug going into a wall. It was one of the ones where the power supply was wired in to the machine. Like I, I'm not touching this thing. I'm going to electrocute myself. Um, but he was like, what do we do? We can't, this power supply keeps frying. I was like, just buy more power supplies. <laughs> so they, they, they would keep two or three on hand because this thing would fry a power supply every like four or five months. And it was special order part took like two weeks to come in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you run into some interesting business continuity plans. What, uh, another manufacturer, uh, computer is overheating because there's so much oil in the air it got under the heat sink of a computer and it slid right off just just oil just thick oil being in the air i don't i don't know if you've walked around in the plant and you get that like the dust that's yeah, like it's sludge just, it's grimy and, <laughs> and, your, and your shoes just you know they're yeah they're like the whole mind. floor is slippery and sticky at the same time um but <laughs> so it's not it's not good for computers but uh no it, it you, you learn i i love walking around on the manufacturing plants so i i don't <laughs> so you're right i just i think i think it's interesting because you know we've had uh some manufacturers they'll make they'll make the locks just just like uh deadbolts and and like padlocks um they'll make uh small uh, something like like uh, gun parts, like on CNC machines and things uh-huh. like that. And I just I just love that stuff. I'll watch a Discovery Channel for like six hours and pass out. Um, just watching all the engineering, tooling machines and things like that. And it's just there's a part of me that always loves walking around and seeing that stuff. Interesting. We'll have to talk about that sometime in the future. Here, I just realized that we're getting off the path here. <laughs> we we are we are <laughs> talk about. Um, let's see if we can circle back and let's go back to, uh, some of the services and stuff that you guys are doing at Cinch. I mean, obviously you're doing all the basic, you know, monitoring, remote access, antivirus, malware, EDR, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, cybersecurity, I'm assuming is a big part of your stack. Absolutely. Um, both with just general consulting, right. Um, Meet with a customer, you do cybersecurity audit. Hey, and, and you, you cover the basics. Most, most businesses in that are small, right? Under 200 users, they don't even know what a framework is, let, let alone having picked one. So you, 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 you 
do the best you can with getting them 80, 90% towards whatever framework they probably should be on. Just with the basic. All right, cool. You got MFA in place. Uh, you're not sharing user accounts, right? Um, people are on VPN. You're not just port forwarding RDP. Um, and you, you, you try to do those consultative pieces, right? And then we've got customers that are more cybersecurity conscious uh, about this stuff. Um, and you meet with them weekly, monthly, uh, certainly at least quarterly to, to talk about, hey, what new initiatives are you going with? Are you looking at some new software? Okay, how do we make sure that you're staying secure, staying compliant, right? Those Sometimes those are two different things, right? Um, customers, they always say they want to be secure, but most of them just really want to check that box to say that they're compliant, right? Because when, when you go that next level of, hey, look, we really got to lock this down. This is what it looks like. They're like, nah, that's too inconvenient. We don't want right. to do all that. We, we just want yeah. to check that box. That's the least amount of work I can do and still check the box. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, are you guys supporting all the frameworks? Uh, are you doing HIPAA, FINRA, NIST, CMMC, all that stuff? Yeah, so we we work with customers that are in um, in verticals and in industries where they have to follow all those different frameworks. Um, we will lean. Um, we work with a partner of ours that has a full compliance portal and has a network of consultants. Right. We've we've all we've all read the frameworks and the basics are all there. Right. But that framework right or that framework in that industry isn't something we do or or it's certainly not something i do 40 hours a week right we've all, we've all got the rest of our jobs so we'll bring in those uh consultants or auditors because again you can't even audit yourself honestly right. yeah. you know what i mean so we, we we partner with a third party they'll come in they'll do an audit they've got uh consultants come in say all right cool you're on this framework Cinch already has you doing X, Y, Z. Looks like Cinch has already told you to do A, B, C. We also think you should do these three things and then put together, you know, your, your action plans and things like that. Um, so we, we work with, uh, pretty much any vertical, any, any, uh, compliance framework by, by leveraging those, those external consultants. All right. So getting all of that out of the way, I really want to explain to people why I wanted to have you guys on. You guys are one of the fastest growing MSPs. Uh, you've been identified as, what is it, a, a MSP 501. You're mm-hmm. part of CRN's, uh, what is it, Fast something 150. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Fast Inc. 150, the yeah. 501, and the Inc. 5000. So Inc. 5000. So you guys are doing something right. So I like to get in there and pick your brain and see what it is you guys are doing. And although we can't get into everything, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is you guys are growing not super fast. I mean, you're not going out there and just buying up MSPs or anything like that. And you guys haven't partnered up with some other stuff, but you're doing a little bit of everything along with a franchise model. So. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, absolutely. So it was um, about five years ago, right? We reached a point that a lot of MSPs reach, hopefully some of the people on the call reach, where you feel like you've saturated your local market and you say, how do I grow? How do I 
what do I do from here? And the two most common things is they either sell their MSP to another one and cash out, or they find some capital and they start buying other MSPs, right? And converting customers and all that. We we didn't we didn't want to do that, right? We we felt that we had a good product. Um, we have a great company culture uh, internally that that we didn't want to lose either by getting bought um, or by buying somebody else, right? Um, and and so we said, all right, what what do what do we do here? Um, and our our president, uh, Rick Rick Porter, said, you know, I think there's an opportunity in an underserved market to launch a franchise model, right? We think we have a good model. We think we can train other people to replicate this model. Um, let's go for it. And, and so we did. Um, and, you know, we, we've had, uh, we've, we've been starting slow with, um, with bringing in new franchises. Um, but when they come aboard, you know, we put them through an extensive training platform. Some of them, some of the salespeople will have tech experience. Um, some of them, some of them won't, and they'll just be general salespeople. But we say, all right, look, we've trained internally. We've trained non-technical people how to sell this stuff. We know we can replicate that model. Um, and so we've been doing that for five years. And and the the franchises, right? They they came aboard. Um, I like to explain it, right? To two schools of thought, right? You say, all right, look, I'm gonna, I want to start my own MSP. I've been working internally. I think I can do this on my own better than my my idiot boss that I'm reporting to. So I'm a, I'm gonna go and work on my own. What do I do? And you can either negotiate a bunch of deals with RMM vendors, AV vendors, spam filter companies, different compliance wings. Oh yeah, I'll outsource my help desk. Oh, what am I gonna do if I need help with a project? I don't want to know. You know what? I'll outsource that. And then, or right. And I think this is better. You, you buy into our franchise model and we already did that for you. Um, <laughs> so I, I tell people, look, we made and this is a few years back, but we made 15 years of mistakes. So you don't have to, we know what works. We know what doesn't work. Um, and if you, if you come on board with the cinch model, you've got a help desk that answers the phone. Cinch it. How can I help you? Not help desk. How can I help you? It's a, it's a little thing, right? But the help desk knows how you're running your business. Because that's how CinchIT runs the business, right? We taught you the model, right? Um, you don't have to negotiate with the different vendors. We already did that for you. We've got that that scale, so we can negotiate some better deals, right? You go in, you go to start an MSP, you call up um, Kaseya, Enable, ConnectWise, whoever, and you're like, they're like, oh, cool. How many endpoints do you have? You say six. They're like, all right, excellent. Here's our maximum price. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, we've our we've obviously gotten past that so we can we can pass those savings along to two um new msps that are that are just starting right and and cut down on that overhead but the biggest thing that we do that makes our model work is those one two two person shops starting that msp they get so much support because we train them we coach them if they need help with tickets projects anything like that we're all here for them they they function um, and they have the the help that a branch office has versus being just a two person MSP and you got to call everybody on your own. So does this 
follow kind of like what I would call the McDonald's model where somebody can just come in and, you know, within whatever it is, 30 days, 90 days, stand up a MSP and be fully operational? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, the full training program is uh, 12 weeks. Some of that's before opening, some of it's after opening. And then it the the, the coaching and that support never ends after the fact. Um, but we will help people set up your LLCs, uh, your DBAs, all that, all that stuff. Um, and then just start putting you through the training. How does cinch work? Right. Some techs, they might have gaps on networking training, server training, right? Maybe, um, you know, you got the salesperson and the tech, maybe the tech only did help desk stuff needs some extra gaps filled in. So we, we, we put them through the whole training. Um, some sales guys, they're just sales guys and they're, they're like, Hey, I know the word server. I don't, <laughs> right. So we, um, we go through a full training program, um, with them, but yeah, 90 days, uh, very, very doable. Well, I was going to ask because you did talk about, you know, bringing on people that are non-technical. So, you know, we're in this world right now where there's a lot of people getting into tech that are just getting in because of the money. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the people that are funding, you know, projects and stuff like that. So, are you actually allowing people to come in that just want to be an owner and then buy into the franchise model and then you help them actually do the whole thing with getting techs and, you know, finding space and doing all of that? Is is that kind of what it is? Absolutely. Um, some of our franchise, uh, some of our franchises are owner operators and all they do, they, they just, they just, uh, pay for everything right <laughs> um, but we've helped them out with interviews franchising it's it's a little tough because um one of the one of the biggest legal problems is saying hire this person don't hire this person so we can't go that far we, we like we can't hire him for him but we can say hey look you know i think he's got good strong experience here and we can help advise um on that sort of thing but we we absolutely do that to help make sure um that they're as set up for success as possible because if they're not if our franchises aren't successful we won't be. Um, it's impossible for us to be successful. All right. And do they all take on the Cinch IT name? They do. Yep. The, it, it's all, everybody does it under a DBA, right? So the uh, the actual SLA is between, you know, uh, Joe's IT company, DBA, Cinch IT, and the end customer. They are, they are their customers. And then we just help service everything. So I wouldn't be... MB systems powered by Cinch IT. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no. You, the the SLA would be MB systems, but uh, uh, like all your letterheads and collateral and marketing, it all be Cinch IT, which which helps, right? We're uh, we're not as big as McDonald's yet, but um, we'll get there. <laughs> um, but no, like you you know you go to buy a McDonald's and you put the big M outside your building. People walk in and buy stuff. Right. Right. That's the goal is that Cinch IT becomes so big, you open a franchise and it's like, okay, hey, cool. We get, we're so huge. We got so many inbound leads. Uh, we're just going to direct you to the closest Cinch IT. Takes, takes a while to get there. A lot of, lot of work, a lot of sweat. Um, but that's, um, if I could wave a magic wand and make it happen, that that's, that's how it would be. Now, I imagine that there are times when you get calls from people that are in areas that you don't service yet. Mm-hmm. So 
Do you have like kind of a map on the wall where you're like, okay, we're getting a lot of calls from here. Can we find somebody to partner with in that area? Or do you just wait for people to contact you? Um, little, little bit of both. Um, we're, 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 we're choosy right now um, with the franchises. Two ways to grow a franchise as many as you can and hope a lot of them are good or grow slow and do everything possible to make sure that they succeed and refine your model, right? We're doing the, the slower, more methodical approach. But if, if we get a call from customer in Nebraska, um, we, we just, we just support them. Um, cause we, we do remote only support for customers as well. It, it gets a little tricky with, um, what franchise do we assign that inbound lead to? And I'm not close enough to how that decision gets made, but however, right. The, the Nebraska comes in and we don't have a franchise in Nebraska. We, we get them set up with the account manager, with the, the primary tech for that. And when onsite support happens, um, the, the franchises, if, if they've got a customer and even if they go to customer with a branch office in an area, they don't support, which happens all the time, right up in Massachusetts, we've got a customer, they got a branch office in Florida, Hey, cool. Let's find a guy in Florida, a, a one-man, two-person MSP. We'll do a block hour contract, something like that. It, it varies by by customer. Okay. Sometimes customers they've got a tech-ish person on staff that works in that branch office, and it's like, cool. Let's do a video call. All right, plug this in here. All right, we're good to go. Now I imagine that you might get a call from, let's say, somebody like me been around for a while, been, you know, semi-successful, got a good deal. And I'm like, Hey, I'd like to buy into that franchise. Do you have a list of criteria? I know you said you're choosy, Mm -hmm. but I want to understand what choosy means. Choosy means uh, we'd give Marv a franchise in a second. So no, (laughs) no, we, um, right. The, the, we, we want to make sure, like I said, we want to make sure that they're successful. Right. We, um, somebody who's just like just buying in, um, and, and doesn't really care about the IT side of it. It's probably, probably not a really good fit because it's, um, when you're a one or two person shop, right. Or three person, if you've got an owner operator, um, you gotta be involved. Um, and and because we're we're not McDonald's, you're not just going to hire a bunch of people minimum wage, right? You you're gonna you're gonna want to be, or we want people that that want to to meet face to face with their customers and things like that. Um, but yeah, like we we would we want to make sure that that it 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 feels right because um, <clears throat> excuse me, having a a franchise relationship with somebody, it's <laughs> it, it's kind of like a marriage. Right. We want to make sure, okay, Marv seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, we think he'll be good for the Cinch IT brand. We think he'll be successful. Um, cool. Let's give him a franchise, right? Versus somebody who doesn't get back to you uh, via email, right? And is just doesn't seem doesn't seem invested mentally. Uh it's like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. I imagine that there's a lot of MSPs out there, and these are the types of things that I hope that you and I will have future conversations about where, you know, there's just the basic things that MSPs need to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the whole 
idea of what's automation and repeatable processes. Uh, we've talked about some of that when we were doing our prep work here, uh, franchise versus growth. So I imagine that there's probably a lot of that that goes into picking who you're going to partner with because, you know, I could just be a smooth talker, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm doing 500 K by myself. I got these customers. I got these law firms. Yeah. We're rocking and rolling, but you might bring me on and be like, Ooh, this is a mess. <laughs> hey, you know, um, we try to do our due diligence. Um, it hasn't happened yet <laughs> that we've gotten swindled. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's, it, it, what do you do when you get in a relationship with any vendor? Right. Um, cause the, it, it, our franchises are our customers, right. But they're also critical to our success. So we're doing due diligence on each other. It's, um, uh, Rick, Rick called it a marriage. Um, between the franchisee and the franchisor uh, to make sure that you're a good fit, your goals align. Um, like when we first started the franchise thing, um, somebody was like, yeah, I want to buy all 50 territories in California and launch them all. And we were like, no, we're not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not ready. We're not ready for that. So, so. did did they identify the 50 areas or did they know that you had 50 areas? I forget exactly. But so like we, we, we mapped it all out, right? We took census data and we were like, all right, cool. There's X number of companies that, that meet the criteria within Y number of miles or hours or, or whatever. And, and we, we divvied up the States. So like Massachusetts has like eight territories. Um, California has got, I don't know, 5,000. Um, Nebraska's got one, but uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we, we divvied it up that way. And so franchise lead comes in. All right. Where are you looking to buy? Uh, you know, I live in California. I'd like to buy some California ones. Um, or, you know, I work out of the Atlanta area. I'd love to uh, get a franchise near Atlanta. Um, and then we go into more, more details there. All right. So what's in Florida? Um, quite Florida is actually open. Um, Florida is open right now. Uh, I forget how many are in Florida, but like Miami is probably going to have one or two territories, Tampa, big, big, big cities, big cities will have more territories. Smaller people will have fewer territories. Just got to have a Florida man down here, uh, representing Cinch IT. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh we we um we've got some branch offices customers with branch offices down in florida so um but yeah i think uh i think florida florida might be next sharon All right. sharing some info about florida florida might be next so we'll right. we'll invite you to the ribbon cutting sounds good we'll be talking about that and, and uh folks again mike Mosier with cinch it and this is our first introductory podcast uh, we are actually going to be doing a live show here uh, coming up. What is it on the 18th? Yep. Yep. So uh, Wednesday, January 18th, 8 p.m. on Wednesday, we'll be back. And I th- we're bringing somebody else, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to have Steve. Um, Steve is uh, he's part of our sales team and he trains up the he, he he's our director of training. He trains up the sales guys and, and oversees all of the um, franchise training and coaching. All right. Sounds fantastic. Should be good. And uh, might get you a couple of people that might have an interest in growing their business and partnering up. 
So the uh, fastest growing franchise divide, designed for business professionals. It's on your website. Did you know that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to my own website. When's yeah, the last then, time you've been to your own website? But um, well, I'm actually going a lot now because I've got a marketing <laughs> group. We're trying to redo some stuff. So our, I love our marketing team, which means I don't have to look at our website. So, all right. So cinchit.com, and I'm actually going to keep a, a link into your landing page for cinchfranchise.com. Excellent. For thank anybody you. that is interested there. So, Mike, thank you for hanging out and. Uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you next week on the live show. Two weeks. No, Two weeks. no, next week's. It's five days. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do. Don't do math on a Friday afternoon. So, yeah, it's beer o'clock, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Marv. All right. Thanks a lot. And for those of you listening, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing to the show. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. And hit the follow button and find one of your podcatchers there so that you'll always be alerted when a show comes out. We have both audio and live video podcast that we do on a regular basis. And this is your iPod. Duh. You know, I should probably edit this, but I won't. Marv, we made it like 50 minutes without yeah. having to edit. And then you you blew it right at the finish line. Yeah, yeah. That's uh <laughs> As soon as you mentioned Friday afternoon, I was like, ah, we got to go. Uh, but this is your podcast for IT business support. We'll be back with another show real soon. And until then, holla. 